many a dream has died Like a tree planted by the water We never will run dry So living water flowing through God, we thirst for more of you Fill our hearts and flood our souls With one desire Just to know you
And now as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today comes from the book of Colossians as we begin for the first time reading in this book today. Colossians chapter 1, we'll read through verses 1 through 17. Now because of their love for one another, Christians can have an impact that goes far beyond their neighborhoods and communities. Christian love comes from the Holy Spirit. The Bible speaks of it as an action and an attitude, not just an emotion. Love is a byproduct of our new life in Christ. Christians have no excuse for not loving because Christian love is a decision to act in the best interests of others. We'll also read that Paul was exposing a heresy in the Colossian church that was similar to Gnosticism. Gnostics valued the accumulation of knowledge, but Paul pointed out that knowledge in itself is empty. To be worth anything, it must lead to a changed life and right living. His prayer for the Colossians has two dimensions. One, that they might have complete knowledge of God's will and have spiritual wisdom and understanding. And number two, that their lives would produce every kind of good fruit, even as they learn to know God better and better. Knowledge is not merely to be accumulated. It should give us direction for living and cause us to act. Paul wanted the Colossians to be wise, but he also wanted them to use their knowledge. Knowledge of God is not a secret that only a few can discover. No, it's open to everyone. God wants us to learn more about Him and also to put belief into practice by helping others. Now, sometimes we wonder how to pray for missionaries and other leaders that we've never met. Paul had never met the Colossians, but he faithfully prayed for them. His prayers teach us how to pray for others, whether we know them or not. We can request that they, number one, understand what God wants them to do, number two, gain spiritual wisdom, three, honor and please God, these are all good prayers, four, produce every kind of good fruit, five, there are eight of these in all, five, learn to know God better and better, six, be strengthened with God's glorious power, number seven, have great endurance and patience, and number eight, be filled with joy, and let me just add one more. Give thanks always. In all ways, give thanks. All believers have these same basic needs. When you don't know how to pray for someone, well, use Paul's prayer pattern for the Colossians here. Now, the Colossians feared the unseen forces of darkness. But Paul says that true believers have been transferred from darkness to light, from slavery to freedom, from guilt to forgiveness. Hallelujah. And from the power of Satan to the power of God, we've been transferred. We've been promoted. We've been rescued, really, from a rebel kingdom to serve the rightful king. And, of course, our conduct, as we're filled with his spirit, should reflect our new allegiance. And now let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. October 4th, the New Testament, Colossians chapter 1. Verses 1 through 17. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus, and from our brother Timothy. We are writing to God's holy people in the city of Colossae, who are faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. May God our Father give you grace and peace. We always pray for you, and we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. 
You have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. You learned about the good news from Epaphras, our beloved co-worker. He is Christ's faithful servant, and He is helping us on your behalf. He has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of His will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all His glorious power, so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to His people who live in the light. For He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His dear Son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through Him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through Him and for Him. He existed before anything else, and He holds all creation together. Our reading from Psalms today is Psalm 76, verses 1 through 12. This psalm praises God for His awesome power. It was most likely written to celebrate the defeat of Sennacherib's army after it invaded Judah. How can defiance bring glory to God? Well, hostility to God and His people gives God the opportunity to do great deeds. For example, uh, the Pharaoh of Egypt refused to free the Hebrew slaves and thus allowed God to work mighty miracles for His people. God turns the table on evildoers and brings glory to Himself from the foolishness of those who deny Him or revolt against Him. God's wrath, expressed in judgment, brings praise from those who have been delivered. This psalm closes with an invitation to the reader or listener. Uh, having stated the futility of resisting God, the writer shifts to the alternatives. These verses speak of more than surrender to God. They encourage us to actively move toward God, making commitments, that is, vows to Him, and carrying them out. What was the last promise you made to God? How much progress have you made in fulfilling it? Psalm 76, verses 1-12 through 12, For the choir director, a psalm of Asaph, a song to be accompanied by stringed instruments. God is honored in Judah. His name is great in Israel. Jerusalem is where he lives. Mount Zion is his home. There he has broken the fiery arrows of the enemy, the shields and swords and weapons of war. Interlude. You are glorious and more majestic than the everlasting mountains. Our boldest enemies have been plundered. They lie before us in the sleep of death. 
No warrior could lift a hand against us. At the blast of your breath, O God of Jacob, their horses and chariots lay still. No wonder you are greatly feared. Who can stand before you when your anger explodes? From heaven you sentenced your enemies. The earth trembled and stood silent before you. You stand up to judge those who do evil, O God, and to rescue the oppressed of the earth. Interlude Human defiance only enhances your glory, for you use it as a weapon. Make vows to the Lord your God and keep them. Let everyone bring tribute to the Awesome One, for He breaks the pride of princes, and the kings of the earth fear Him. Proverbs chapter 24, verses 21 and 22. My child, fear the Lord and the King. Don't associate with rebels, for disaster will hit them suddenly. Who knows what punishment will come from the Lord and the King?
worship you, King Jesus.